It's Monday, and you're with Bob McAvoy, right here on the Semper Reformata podcast. So welcome, welcome indeed. It is it is another Monday morning. A week has gone into eternity. It is the 25th of April, 2022, and this is Bob McAvoy with the regular Monday prayer cast here in the Semper Reformata podcast. It's our weekly news and prayer update from Northern Ireland with a Christian perspective. And today I've got a slightly different kind of podcast for you. It's a pre-recorded interview with Callum Webster of the Christian Institute. And Callum is going to update us on some current issues. So here goes. So with me today in the studio pod is Callum Webster, the Northern Ireland representative of the Christian Institute. And Callum's here to talk about some issues that concern the Christian Institute. I think issues that every Christian should be aware of. So Callum, welcome to Balligan. Well, thank you, Bob. It's good to be with you and to share with you some of these issues of concern to us at the present time in our nation. That's good. So most of us will know of the work of the Christian Institute from their involvement in the Asher's Bakery case, the so-called gay cake saga, but the Institute's far more than that, isn't it? Yeah, well, that is correct. The Christian Institute was involved in defending the MacArthur family and Asher's Baking Company when they were under pressure to promote uh, same-sex marriage in a message on a cake. And we're very thankful that eventually uh, the courts in our nation found in their favour and the Institute also provides uh, similar support through our legal work to other Christians who are in difficulty or under pressure because of their Christian stand on areas like the sanctity of marriage, the sanctity of life, gospel freedom. Uh, but the Institute also does other work as well as its legal arm. We're involved in conducting research, mm-hmm. looking at public policy and legislation and the impact that that's likely to have upon people. We look at issues that would affect Christians in their workplaces other than legal issues, areas where Christians are under pressure to compromise the faith. We Mm -hmm. would go and give presentations in churches. And we have had those. We have indeed, yes, to make Christians aware of what's going on. And we would, as given opportunity, we present a Christian perspective on a number of those current moral issues within our media as well. Excellent. Well, that's great. Uh, a, a wide range of activities. Um, we had planned this conversation originally because I had read in a newsletter article that the Department of Justice at, in Northern Ireland here in Stormont are planning new hate speech legislation. And the, the story carried a dramatic headline. Northern Ireland hate crime bill Justice Minister Naomi Long consults on end of private dwelling legal defence, which critics say could lead to, scare quotes, Big Brother in Northern Ireland living rooms. Now that was alarming, to say the least. So reading on down that article, I noticed that Simon Calvert of the Christian Institute had expressed concerns about this proposal. So can you help us to understand what's being proposed and why we as Christians should be worried. Well, that is correct. The issue was reported in the newsletter a month or two ago, and what's happening at the present time is that the Northern Ireland Assembly, in particular the Department for Justice, 
are reviewing hate crime legislation in the province. So we do have public order legislation in Northern Ireland dating back to 1987, which criminalises the use of threatening, abusive or insulting words or behaviour with the intention of stirring up hatred or arousing fear or where this is a likely result. Uh, but those th that legislation has been reviewed. A uh, retired judge, Judge Maranen, carried out a public consultation on the issue last year and published a detailed report. And uh, now the Justice Minister has accepted uh, a number of his recommendations and has put the document or put a document out for public consultation. And there are a number of areas of concern within the proposals consulted on. Uh, so one area of concern relates um, to the indicators of hate in the guidance that will be made available for police, for prosecutors and the law courts. The consultation document proposes including attitudes of bias, prejudice, bigotry and contempt as indicators of hate uh, that the court and the police and prosecutors would use in particular cases. And the danger in relation to that is that such wording is subjective. It's very important in society to have freedom of speech so that people have the liberty to disagree with one another and to express that disagreement without being accused of hatred, particularly without being accused of hatred by the state or by the police. Disagreement is not the same thing as hatred. And to include bias in the categories that the advice gives in relation to hatred is deeply concerning because bias is a universal mm -hmm. human trait. It is. Uh, there is a world of difference between bias and hatred and also prejudice, bigotry and contempt are all subjective terms. People would disagree about what these things mean. Uh, many people today label something biased or prejudiced simply because it's an opinion they disagree with. Now, that is not a safe basis for prosecuting people, mm -hmm. for bringing penalties against them, for um, leaving them with criminal records or accused of hate crimes. And it's particularly for Christians. Biblical views today on a number of issues are described as bigoted by those who dislike them and those who object to them. Mm -hmm. So they're very serious implications if we lower the threshold and include very subjective terms uh, as a basis of guidance for prosecutors, for the police and the courts. And another area of concern in relation to the consultation proposals relates to the issue of a dwelling defence. So the 1987 public order provides a defence uh, for dwelling. In other words, for conversations that are had within a home, within a family context, within the four walls in which you live, these are not, um, these do not constitute a hate crime simply because a view has been discussed or been explained. Uh, but the consultation document proposes doing away with the dwelling defence. Now that's deeply concerning because the home is a safe place where mm -hmm. parents can discuss issues, controversial issues with their children, can set out what they believe. And it's very important that that is not um, intruded upon uh, by police or by the courts of law, that parents have liberty to explain to their children why they believe what they believe. I mean, public order legislation is there to deal with public disorder. The home 
the dwelling in which a person lives is not a public domain, it's a private sphere. um, And in terms of the articulation of views, it should not, um, that defence should not be removed. So in other words, if I was teaching my children biblical ethics in my own living room, and I was teaching them about, for example, homosexuality from a biblical perspective, I would fall under the provisions of this bill if someone was to report that or well potentially that could happen if the dwelling defense is taken away if someone was to overhear that and say oh well that constitutes um uh you know the stirring up of hatred um if a dwelling defense is removed Mm -hmm. but surely parents have the liberty and ought to have the liberty to discuss those controversial issues in the privacy of their home and to teach the scriptures to to teach to teach the bible to the family, yeah. Yep. The Assembly at the minute is in abeyance, of course. It's waiting the results of the election on May the 5th. Presumably civil servants are working away on this in the background so that when the Assembly comes back, it will pick this up as legislation. Well, that it, consultation, perhaps. Well, that is entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, One has to be aware that um, there are many pieces of legislation that civil servants draft and go to government ministers with and say, look, this is legislation that you should take forward. So even although uh, MLAs are not sitting at the present time, that does not mean the issue has gone away. People could be refining the legislation, could be drawing up other pieces of legislation as well uh, that we ought to have an interest in as Christian believers. Okay, well, let's move on to that because we're right in the middle of an election campaign and Northern Ireland going to the polls in May. And the Christian Institute have issued a very helpful leaflet. Um, and it has questions that believers should ask politicians who are canvassing their areas. But why should Christians vote? You know, Christians, we, we, we sometimes think this world is not our home. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Why, in the view of the Institute, why should we involve ourselves in this world's affairs? Well, that is correct. Our ultimate home is in heaven. And we, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour, we know that our destiny is there and we do rejoice in that. But God has called us to live for him in this world. Uh, we not, we can't go through this world divorced from the reality of what happens around about us. Christians have instruction from the Lord Jesus Christ to be salt and light in this world, to be an influence for his word and his truth. Uh, the Bible calls us to pray for those in authority and it gives particular reasons for doing so. It doesn't just ask that we pray for their conversion, although of course we do pray for that, but it asks us to pray that in their legislating we would have the freedom to live quiet and peaceful lives in all godliness and holiness and so that we would have the freedom to spread the gospel throughout the nation. Now those things are being challenged in many Western countries today, gospel freedoms that have been enjoyed for centuries throughout the UK and throughout the West are being opposed by many legislators at the present time. And also freedom for Christians to live their faith in business and in the workplace is being imposed upon by policies, equality and diversity policies, to give but one example, in a workplace. And so therefore, the laws and policies that are made by politicians do impact Christians. And when we see wrong being done, or potentially wrong being done, we have a duty to defend that which is right and to seek 
that those who hold office should rule and pass legislation that is in harmony with the word of God and is not directly opposing it. And sadly, at the present time, we see much in legislation that opposes biblical truth Mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, of course, ultimately, God will judge nations as well as individuals. Mm -hmm. And these things will be dealt with eternally but also in time bad laws can affect people can bring damage and can bring detriment to individuals and if we love our neighbor as scripture has commanded us to do then we ought to oppose those things that are wrong and ought to hold politicians to account uh, on what they are doing on things that uh, are wrong according to the word of god that's a very fulsome answer indeed well i i heard recently in fact a friend of mine um a, a christian friend that a political candidate had visited his home asking for his vote. And when my friend, the voter, questioned him about his party's stance on abortion, the candidate said that his party viewed abortion as just a matter of personal opinion, something about which we can differ. And that despite the fact that his party representatives in the Assembly have consistently voted for more abortion provisions, So how do Christians decide what issues are just personal or political opinion and which issues are straightforward issues of right and wrong, ethical, moral imperatives? Well, in order to do that, we have to look at what Scripture teaches. And God has given his word and his truth. Uh, His law is laid down for all people. Uh, The book of James reminds us that his law is a royal law and his instructions are for the good of men and women in our world. And there are areas where Christians can have legitimate debate. So, for example, policy debates about student tuition fees or about reform of the NHS or about transport policies. They may all have a moral component. I, I don't deny that. But from a biblical perspective, those issues can never be as serious as a debate about, for example, whether euthanasia should be legalised or whether marriage should be redefined in law. The Lord Jesus Christ criticised the Pharisees of the day who had elevated what were relatively trivial issues and had neglected issues that the Word of God was clear on. They'd neglected to look after their parents when they were needy and required financial support. And he said to them that they had neglected the weightier matters of the law. And so there are certain areas where God's word and his law are clear. So, for example, a vote in the assembly or at Westminster or anywhere else about whether to legalise abortion is a vote uh, to break the sixth commandment. Similarly, it's directly opposing the seventh commandment to vote for same-sex marriage or for other measures that undermine the sanctity of marriage as God has defined it. These are not matters of personal opinion. Christians don't have liberty to take different views. If the word of God is true, and it is, and if it's our final authority, and if we're believers, the words of Christ are our final authority, mm-hmm. then we th- those issues are very serious and they are very important, and we know what line to take, regardless of what the politicians may say. In, in your leaflet, the Christian Institute has listed six possible questions that a voter in this election should ask a candidate. I'm sure we're not. I'm sure a voter is not going to be able to ask 
all six of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think a candidate will stay after the first two. <laughs> but w- would you want to tell us just what those six questions are mm-hmm. so that we can be prepared? Yes, so the six questions are, firstly, in relation to the hate crime review, uh, we ask uh, the question succinctly, should it be a hate crime to disagree with same-sex marriage or to say that it's impossible to change sex? And this relates to really the hate crime review that's ongoing that we've already discussed. Then there's a question about a conversion therapy ban. You may have heard this issue discussed in the media and certainly in the state of Victoria in Australia, a conversion therapy ban has been introduced uh, which involves re-educating church ministers uh, as to what they should preach or how they should deal pastorally. And we ask the question, would you protect parenting, prayer, preaching and pastoral advice from a conversion therapy ban? So it's very important that any ban that is introduced protects the ordinary work of churches, the duty of churches to deal with people pastorally in prayer and what they preach, and also protects parents in bringing up their children in the faith. Then thirdly, we ask about the issue of assisted suicide or euthanasia. Sadly, there are attempts being made to legalise assisted suicide in Scotland in England and Wales, and in the Irish Republic. So it's likely it will come to Northern Ireland. So we ask the candidates, will you oppose attempts to legalise assisted suicide? And then there is uh, the very serious question of gender ideology. We're sadly living in an age when the Gender Recognition Act uh, allows a biological man to receive a state birth certificate that says he was born female or a biological woman to receive a birth certificate that she was born male under the terms of the Gender Recognition Act. And people are pushing for that act to be further extended to allow individuals to self-declare their gender and of course this has very serious implications. It would allow biological men to go in and use ladies' toilets, ladies' changing rooms, go into women's refuge shelters and there is also the very physical damage that it does to young people and adults who take those uh, hormone-pressing drugs or undergo gender reassignment uh, surgery and so we ask the question, will you resist moves to allow biological men to use women's toilets and changing rooms. And then fifthly, we deal with the issue of abortion. It's very grievous that Northern Ireland, which had some of the strongest protections for our unborn children in the whole of Europe, uh, that sadly those laws were overturned by politicians at Westminster. uh, And now we have very liberal abortion regulations in this province that allow babies to be aborted for any reason during the first 12 weeks of a pregnancy. So that goes further than the 67 Act on the mainland. And then for particular reasons after that. In fact, it allows babies to be aborted um, up to 24 weeks and up to birth on the grounds of disability. And routinely, the category of disability has been understood to include cleft palate, club foot, hair lip, things that can be treatable uh, with medical technology today. So we ask the candidates the question, what is your position on the current abortion laws? And then the final area that we ask a question about relates to parental discipline. Uh, So we have seen changes to legislation in Scotland and in Wales from the Welsh Senate and from the Holyrood Parliament, uh, criminalising parents who smack their own children. 
And there are a number of MLAs at Stormont who want uh, similar measures introduced here. And so we ask the question, should parents be criminalised for occasionally giving their own children a mild smack? All very important areas indeed. Now, I got those leaflets in the post from yourself. Um, We have distributed them to church members and further afield. How do Christians obtain those booklets? Is there a way that we can get them out to churches? There is indeed. Um, The copies of the election briefing and questions for candidates are available from the Christian Institute. You can phone our office in Belfast on 028 9094-1667. That's 028-9094-1667. Or they're available on our website, christian.org.uk forward slash NI election. Great. Finally, Callum, how can we help as Christians, how can we help the Christian Institute to do this important work? Is there anything we can pray about? Is there any way we can help practically? Well, the Christian Institute is grateful for the prayers of many Christian people, and we're thankful for that. Uh, the six areas we've asked questions about have been asked because we believe there are candidates minded to introduce legislation on those matters following the 5th of May. So it is very important that Christians do ask the candidates as they come round the doors or email them on the email address given in their election literature. And as these issues arise, the Christian Institute would seek to present a Christian perspective in face of those challenges. We are available to give presentations in churches. Again, you can do that by contacting our Belfast office on 028 9094 1667. And if those listening don't get our updates, you can sign up to receive the free updates from the Christian Institute on our website at christian.org.uk. Great. Callum, thanks very much for coming in, coming all the way down from Belfast to Ballygan and joining me for this special edition of the podcast. And I really hope that those who have listened have found it helpful, especially when it comes to voting day. Well, thank you very much. We trust people do find those questions helpful. Thank you. Thanks. Today's Grace Gem is from Thomas Reed. Thomas Reed quoted Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Well, what do we mean by all things? So Thomas Reed wrote, our perceptions will be new, and our principles will be new, and our practice will be new, and our plans will be new, and our prospects will be new, and our privileges will be new, and our portion will be new. All these exceeding great and precious promises will be ours. To sum up this blessedness, says Reed, we shall experience in this world a progression in holiness and in the world to come, a perpetuity of bliss. Well, you can find more inspirational quotes on gracegems.org. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the work of the Christian Institute and others like them, people who will stand against the wickedness that prevails in this present age. Give them joy and give them fruit for their labours, we pray. Give them success 
in their many campaigns and help us to remember that the victory is the Lord's, that Satan is already a defeated foe and that we are on the Lord's side and that just as the Father has loved us while we were yet sinners, help us to love others, help us to love our neighbour as ourselves, help us to bless and not to curse that we might seek to win others for our Saviour. Amen. Well, that's all for now. Links for all these stories are on the website, semper-reformata.com, and there's a link to that website in the episode notes. There's a catechism class tomorrow, so look out for that, and then a sermon podcast at the end of the week. Don't give up. Lift up your head. Don't be discouraged. Let's keep watching. Let's keep praying. Let's keep believing in our sovereign Lord who overrules everything in this universe that he created.